Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to another episode of the penny bloom podcast it is i colton robertson and you're back for our 52 year journey through film i am joined by joseph george what is up homie what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it's always a pleasure to have you and we've got a good one this week we are also joined by tavares pennington what's up homie what's going on good to be oh, here no. Oh, it's so it's so good to have you, uh, especially for a movie so damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're in the year 1991. Last week we covered Goodfellas, which I did not anticipate would be a reprieve uh, in between Dead Poets Society and this week's Boys in the Hood. Uh, it, yeah, this fucks you up. This fucks mm. you up good. Uh, this this one made me cry quite a bit, uh, oh, yeah. as as it is wont to do. We are on a streak here, um, and I—I I don't know how Malcolm X is. I've never seen that, but um, I don't—I don't think it's going to be particularly like all happy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah probably, but like probably not the most likely of scenarios. But uh, but man, yeah, I've, I've been uh, been crying a lot, and some the television and 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 movies that I've been watching, and you know, I mean, I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. It's no, like yeah. A good you're get, cry you're to getting have. some emotionally resonant entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I haven't, I haven't cried like that. Maybe ever. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, boys in the hood, that's one where it's like you, you finish the movie and that that's when you go, I'm not going to watch that for a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, like, I, I, like that's, I'm good off that. I'll remember that. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a stick with the way I feel for now. Let me lay the groundwork though. We got boys in the hood released July 12th, 1991 written and directed by John Singleton. May he rest in peace. Uh, this was a fucking good, good, good movie. And I'd seen this before. Uh, my dad showed me this when I was, a uh, when I was young and I was about uh, 11 or 12. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when I first first watched this movie like ten years ago, and uh, yeah, fucked me up then. Didn't watch it for didn't watch it for a few years, and uh, obviously I didn't uh, I didn't get it all the way, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are moments in the movie where I was like, I must have got it enough, mm-hmm. uh, because I was like, there's some things in this movie that have like stuck with me, and I like, I was like, I don't, I, I was like, I I do some of these like some of these <sighs> things to like just cope (laughs) but uh no but i i understand this movie on a level i never have before just because of my uh my growth and uh increasing in critical thought and stuff yeah Uh, this this becomes a much more understandable movie i feel like before watching this movie i felt like because you know i haven't i don't know i watched it when i was a kid i had to be it was either early high school 
it, yeah, it had to be probably maybe my sophomore year of high school I, was the last time I watched it. But um, I, I, you feel like a passenger in some ways. But the older you get, the more that you start to have sort of complex, you know, just complex, complex debates within yourself that you see play out. And you start mm-hmm. to identify with the characters more in that way. And that was like a a big part of at least this particular viewing experience of the movie was seeing how like the characters identify with themselves and other characters in the movie as well. No, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm sorry, Tavares. I was about to laugh the whole time you were talking because it's just your eyes in the camera view for us. So like all I can see is the top half of your face as you talk. <laughs> it looks so funny. Uh, but no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Like uh, they're, the the thing that strikes me about this movie is just like it's it's realness like it's it's raw just it's it's not going for dramatization at points like it's going for like this is just this is just what happened like mm-hmm. like it's just something that happened uh joe yeah, just, how you feeling i i uh so first watch for me uh starting with that and it was uh you know i immediately yeah i don't want to go go back and watch this movie right away but but i i do know that that this is a movie that i i definitely enjoyed and uh will will stay with me for a long time uh you kind of like i kind of felt like uh like i was just like a bystander this like the camera was basically just me and i was like it just felt like a sequence of events that i happened to like watch you know like it just felt real it felt i don't know genuine um and very well acted and yeah, man, the like, I was not taken out like once. I was in and I was strapped in, and I did not think of anything. I didn't check my phone once. I was like all tied in, um, and like, I don't know, just a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to think about, you know, just w- while watching this movie. Um, a lot more of just random cries at random times, and like yeah, the there cries were in this like movie where it's like this is just heavy. Mm. Yeah. Uh like even even before before Ricky goes, you know, mm. like uh like that's there are moments in the movie where you're like when Co- when Cuba Gooding Jr is it walks into uh walks into his girl girl's house and he's like I can't do this shit. Mm. Like I like no, it's that's that- the strongest scene in the movie for me. Like it's just mm. like oh my Not god. Not only that, it is the jumping off point for like that part of the movie you don't want to revisit like the other parts are like you know like there's some fun shit in this movie it's some fun shit yeah like you you it feels you know like you're just you know watching daily life and it it has its you know tragic elements but on the whole you know it's daily life and then it starts to just like fucking hit you from like it's like haymakers from (laughs) multiple sides (laughs) the crappy thing is all of it started from one little shoulder tap like one one little walking into each other that's what all of it started from and like like that's that's what i was thinking the whole time like as these events are playing i'm like oh my god this was like the dumbest of ways to start this beef and like it's like escalating to the extreme you know like um i don't know it just makes it that much more devastating i feel like that's like the movie is it's it's kind of setting you up to think you know, they're going to get out of it. Like, uh, even though all these, like, you know, still some bad stuff's happening, but like, 
you know, everything's going to be okay. And, uh, you know, they'll get out of it. He's going to go to college. You know, he's going to play ball. He's going to, you know, he's going to the NFL. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to be fine. And then bam, bam, Dude, bam. The like, tension uh, building that they did in that scene too, where they're like, we should split up and they go separate ways. And it's, it's just keeping with both of them going their separate ways. It cuts to ice cube watching a car drive down the road. And he's like, ah, shit. Ricky and like he like goes yeah. and tries to right when he said we should split up I was like no and they even yeah. brought him he's like he's like no we shouldn't are you kidding me no way we're gonna no. split up and he's like no 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 like they, they like I don't know maybe I don't know like well that's the thing too if they don't split up which yeah. way do they go do they end up going that way and both of them get got damn uh, it's, I guess it's it's a shitty situation yeah. no matter what here um, no matter what happens here it's uh, no. it's rough that that was that was kind of the moment where I like broke up, whereas it was just like when Cuba Gooding Jr. runs though, and like he's just like with like he just like has him in his arms, and you're just like, oh. what do you do? What do you do? Like it there's then the way that all of them pull up and like all of them see and like the just like like none of them are really expressing their emotions. They're all just like yeah. shit, right? Like mm-hmm. god damn it. It, it, it's it's crazy to see too like and even after that like you just kind of have to steal yourself like because they drag it out like they really bring you along for the end it's not just witnessing his death it's witnessing everyone his, his realizing what has happened the car and them dragging like, him to the door putting him inside and oh my god when when his when his girl and his mom found out, bro, oh. that's, the, that's the hardest part of the movie. Just like, yeah, that is rough. I was watching this late, and uh, I had to, I had to turn the turn the TV down just a little bit. Mm. Oh, and, and how the like, mom like blamed Doughboy too, uh, you know, like, uh, and now she just like yeah. couldn't believe it. Like, I know it has to be your fault. Like, no way, my my golden boy, you know, like, God, like, yeah. And then you know we gotta get to we gotta get to Lawrence Fishburne's fucking performance. Lawrence oh Fishburne's character is the, is my shit. favorite character in the movie, and, and is, I never paid attention to him the other times I've watched this movie. He is uh, the pivot point for the entire plot in a lot of ways. Like yes, like he's, he's, a he's the driving he force. He's the he's the he's the emblematic. Like he's got the right ideas. We should kind of listen to him. Mm. I mean, yeah, that that speech in front of that billboard, literally people just crowd around him. Like, you know, like uh, people were just listening. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, like we we instantly fuck with this guy. This guy's cool. Like uh, and like everyone was like, damn, I that was like life changing. I wish my brother was here to hear that. You know, like that. It was like an, an immediate like, holy shit. That was a conversation that mattered in my life. And uh, and I mean. Just so, like, I don't and know. I thought he was going to be a piece of shit at the beginning. They kind of played him off to be, like, this mean, like, dick at the beginning. I'm like, no. Like, no way. But, like, that's going to be a, him, That's but. a real thing is, like, mm. the people that come off in that way usually are just, I don't know. Like, they just have their own way of, like, communicating lessons. Mm. There wasn't a moment in this movie where I was like, this guy's an ass. You know, oh, like, yeah. he's an ass. Is that the like, very not- beginning and that was it before I knew anything about him? Like that was the only time where I was thinking that, but, uh, like, I like, yeah. And I mean, like for a moment when they're making him out to be an asshole, it's like, okay, this guy's going to be a dick. And then he's like, absolutely not every Mm. moment he's on screen. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, I think like the biggest missed opportunity in this movie is not utilizing Angela Bassett more. Yeah. Uh, as uh, as Cuba Gooding's mom, uh, because hmm. she's an incredible actress, and like yeah. I can't believe we didn't get like a couple scenes or a scene with him over there on one of the weekends. Yeah, they kind of just like they brought it back up just because it was something that you would just forget about if they didn't bring it back up like at the time that he like still went over his mom's on the weekends or whatever. And you know, like I was kind of forget, I thought he was kind of staying over, over there the whole time. Now I thought he was having like such a good time with his dad that he was like, Oh, I'm just staying over here now the whole time. Um, that's at least the idea I had. And then they brought that back up and I'm like, Oh yeah, he is, I guess going over there on the weekends. I forgot about that. Um, and then and then the fact that she just like pops up towards the end of the movie and mm. then that's not sealed off at all. She just she's just she just never shows up again. Uh, yeah. Like that's just kind of that's just like the that's the weak point of this movie is Angela Bassett's uh, treatment, because like, I don't know how you have Angela Bassett and you're not doing uh, you're not doing some more shit. But I mean, the actresses in this movie, Angela Bassett, Regina King, Nia Long, like, God damn. Yeah. Uh this is a this is this the cast is just stacked. Ice Cube, Cuba Gooding Jr., Morris Chestnut, Co- Cuba Lawrence Gooding Fish- Jr.'s uh first um I think is either his first main character role or his first movie. His first actor. God damn, really? Yeah. Hold on, let me see. That's crazy. He was in Jerry Maguire, yeah, first, but that was with Tom major, Cruise, so like yeah. Friend. And then, this was his first major role. Yeah. Like his first mm-hmm. uh, headlining role. As the main, as the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, good. That dude. Yeah, and John Singleton, too, like, for a debut. Like, this is Yeah, debut directorial. Absolutely Damn. ridiculous. Damn. That's kind of, that's wild. Didn't even win Best Director, either, or Best Screenplay, which I, I cannot imagine. What? I, I wonder can't what fathom won that. Years. In uh, best director in '91. Nah, but I, I just really, really fucking oh, love this movie. I think best director in '91 was oh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, best screenplay was Ghost by Bruce Joel Rubin. Silence of the Lambs is one of the more overrated movies in the history of exactly. movies. Exactly. And I'm thinking about Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it for the first time, it, it, it surprised me. It was better than I thought it was going to be. But Boys in the Hood is so much more important than Silence of the Lambs. Like, well, I wonder if the Academy Awards. And uh... they're, they're notoriously not the <laughs> most... Uh, <laughs> Not racist. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> this movie, this movie was just way, way, way better than I remembered. Like I didn't even, the first scene I like really remembered in this movie going into it. Cause it'd been, it'd been a few years since I watched it was, uh, the barbecue scene, the, the cookout. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot that we spent a good 20 to 25 minutes in their childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I did, I, I hardly rem- y'all want to see a dead body. <laughs> you yeah. want to see a dead body? The first <laughs> question is, y'all want to see something? It's just something. You gonna tell <laughs> us? No. Do you want to see it though? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go. You know, like uh, I don't know. Like 
those little things as a kid, like that's what that was like what made just being a kid fun. Like anything, like I mean, obviously I, I wasn't going around walking seeing dead bodies and uh stuff like that, but uh but you know, those little adventures you went on with your oh, friends no, no. and stuff like that. Like it's commenting on like the the desensitization to this sort of thing in this as as they grew up in this area. Like Yeah. Mm. And I, I also felt like they were really portraying how this place is not, it's not really safe for children. And they're out here exploring, you know, doing their own thing. And it, it yeah, it, it just, they, it really puts you in their world. It puts you in the world of a, of a youth in Compton, like, or around Compton. I don't know where they were exactly, but did it say where they were? Uh, South Los Central Angeles. LA. Central. Uh, they made LA. their way to Compton at one point in the movie, yeah. but uh, that I think Crenshaw. the speech in front of the billboard was in Compton. Says, yeah. Uh, it says in the IMDb it says follows the lives of three young males living in the Crenshaw ghetto of Los Angeles. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Uh, never heard of Crenshaw before. Oh, Crenshaw. Oh. Yeah. I don't know, is that like a well-known like part of LA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're a if you're a Nipsey Hussle fan, certainly. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. to that man too, but uh, now nah, this movie, like, you know, you know, Nipsey Hussle is honestly a crazy, a crazy through point for the narrative of this story, though, because like you think about you, you can think about it in terms of a movie, and that's kind of what you have to do to bring yourself out of it emotionally. Like, it's just be like, it's a fucking movie, it's a fucking mm. movie. But then you look at Nipsey Hussle and you're like, it's really not. Like, it's a real it's, shit. It's, it's some really real not. Shit. It's really not a movie, and that's the worst part. Like, that's the that's the best part and the worst part because it's so real and it's it's so tragic. Yeah that that that's that's what makes this movie so hard to revisit. Is it's just raw realness? Is that like mm. you're watching this and you're like, fuck, this is real shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. I, and this came out compared in to our most recent sad movie, Dead Poets Society. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that, obviously that's some that's some real shit too. But there's they're, they're trying to be a little bit more artful and expressive about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's just like here's some tragedy for you, um, and it's just and it's just the tragedy. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, and it's like plain and simple, thing? it's not going to be pretty. Like, Is that like. <laughs> This stuff is st- like it. This came out in '91, and they were problems then, but they are like still problems now. And like Doughboy, like whenever he like after, um, after everything went down, and he was talking, um, just sitting on the porch, That's he was like, on, like on the news, you know, I see everything foreign. I, everything's foreign, you know. I nothing. They're not showing anything here, you know. Nothing here, and it was just like. God damn it! Like what? Like what? A, you know? Like have What's we he done? Say? He says like they like, either don't care, they or they, they... Either don't care. They don't know or something like that. They either don't care enough to show it, or they simply don't know. Or oh, I don't know. But that like that was full of a lot of great. Just like oh damn. Well, and it's also it. like, like the the more that I've like researched things around this around these these issues like the more you realize how theoretically on point they are particularly with specific moments in the in the movie like Ice Cube's monologue because he he's he's pointing to the fact that violence is itself not just the manifestation of these small quarrels but it is the current of everyday life like it is it is the thing that is being 
praised as what is, um, yeah, what is important about the world, which is violence, which is why everybody relies on violence to solve their issues because the government acts in the same way. And it's like, that's a, I don't know that there's, there's, there's important shit there that they're bringing out and really, because Doughboy, to be honest, the, one of the strong, like, the, one of, yeah. I was going to say, I remembered how, like, I remember loving this character, but for, like, just because it was Ice Cube, you know what I'm saying? Like, I watch this movie now, and I'm like, that's, A, a fucking brilliant performance by Ice Cube as Doughboy, Mm -hmm. and a really awesome character, like, really awesome character story over the course over the course of the movie it's just fucking brilliant he's made to he he's almost one of the most aware people in the entire plot and he's no uh yeah i don't know he's he's no martyr i guess like he's no symbol of a of really anything that you should strive to be and it's intentionally done that way but he understands that Yet he also understands why he is that symbol. I guess I don't know. It's the, he has he he expresses a lot of self awareness throughout. I I love that when he came back and they they like gave him shit because he's like, yeah, I read, I read some shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, it, you know he he'll critique he'll critique the the cycle of violence like the the entire premise of it. He'll say how how did how do we ever get out of this? People stop don't stop acting tough like after they bumped his shoulder. Um, bump Ricky's shoulder, and mm. they're like, "Shut up! You do the same thing." And he was like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> like, yeah, I know. it's like, <laughs> man, I'm on the uh, IMDb quotes right now, and oh my, it is full it's of like strong. just yeah, like well, it, it's it's yeah, kind of funny because you have like uh, you know, Fishborn's quotes that are like deep and and super meaningful, and then you also have like uh. You know, you ain't going to college to talk to no bitches. Your black ass posted to learn, you know, learn something. You're going to be right. You're, you're learning to do poetry or some shit. You know, you have like that, like uh, next to it. So you're reading like any fool with a dick can make a baby, but only a man can raise his children. Like I, I like that, that was a line that, where I was like, oh, like that's a prevailing. Li- like I've heard that separate from this movie, yeah. uh, mm. like which uh, he, he had so many lines that I was just like, oh, furious styles. Like, too what the strongest the character name. name I've ever heard in my life. Furious the Styles, the coldest name. Like, damn. I would do all the chores if he and was how my about, dad. Like, you know, like how about that moment where the cop was like, "Something wrong?" He's like, "Yep, it's just a shame you can't see it." Like, damn. Mm. Yeah, there was. I, was, I mean, fuck. Give me the motherfucking gun, Trey. Yeah, that was a. I mean, that was a symbolically strong scene to me shit. too. Like, yeah, the way the way that he's just like kind of standing in front of the door and he positions himself as the person that he is going out there to find is really important because it calls back to the thing that he was saying when they were first walking to the billboard in Compton when they get out of the car and Ricky is like, um yo, what you doing? Like, you got us out here walking around Compton and they're all, they're, they're looking around, you know, checking the surroundings. And he's like, uh, I can't remember specifically what it was, but he was like, basically, you got to stop being afraid of your own people. Um, yeah. And that's like, that's like a really... Like, that, people that, that people surround you know? and he's just like, 
I will not be interrupted. Like I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and keep going. People approach and he just keeps going. And I think one of the strong points of the movie for me is the fact that, uh, the three guys who ultimately do kill Ricky, like, uh, they aren't made out to be, uh, villains. They're just other people who they're not different. They're, they, they are, they're, they're in the same situation. Like it's like, it's not, if we get the story told from their perspective, Ice Cube's retaliation is the worst thing that's happened. You know what I'm saying? Like that's And Ice Cube recognizes that. Mm-hmm. Like he does that at the end and that's like a that's a I don't that takes a lot. <laughs> like No, like I I was watching it and I was like this is mm-hmm. like like this is one of the more powerful things I've seen like the ex- the exhibitions of violence in this meant more than most things I've ever scene with violence like it all it always meant something even if like and even if that meaning was like this was completely meaningless like it was completely senseless this shouldn't Mm, have happened oh yeah that's Um, another uh furious styles quote says you know why is there that's there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community i'll tell you why for the same reason that there's a liquor store in every almost corner in the black community they want us to kill ourselves like he, he was just like that and that was the I think that was while he was standing in front of the billboard right there. I think that's what, yeah, yeah. what mm-hmm. he said. Um but like he, he I explains mean, that like just has what gentr- I, I think it was impeccable that like just a couple weeks ago right? we talked about what gentrification that was, was and you crazy. get a whole explanation. I thought here. I thought you were like uh I thought you I don't know. I, I heard that I'm like, wait a minute. Was that because like we were talking about Boys in the Hood and he knew that was coming up, or like was that just freak coincidence that he like that Colton brought up gent- like, I actually had completely forgotten that part of the movie, so it was just it was completely separate. That's uh, crazy. Oh, I remember uh, that's like my favorite. I don't know. I have a lot of. It, it, it is now it, my favorite scene, favorite but when I was scene. younger, it just because mm. it, it it is purely enjoyable. It's one of the more euphoric scenes in the movie, just because like you know. It's a, it's a good community togetherness. The other great scenes are all just fucking tragic. Mm. That's like, the thing is that I think like as a child, I just kind of like largely blocked out this movie. Like yeah. I was like, I know Ricky died. Mm. Yeah. You look at the big things that happen, you know, you're like, whenever it's just like people talking or like doing some stuff as a kid, you're like, yeah, okay. You know, whatever. But then when someone dies, you're like, Oh, you like, I think that like, Really, if you if you were ever like sad in a movie as a kid, it was just because someone died, and like we really did we really didn't get sad for like, um, like you know like a love between two people or like you know like more complex like emotions yeah. we really couldn't like get sad from or whatever. But like I, I don't know, I'm glad no, that I moved like, moved to tears. Like that you are more mm-hmm. emotionally intelligent than you once were, like as man. as a youngin. Uh, yeah, th- this was this was definitely a. Uh, Maybe we should add a, a, a tier scale, you know, like uh, one to five is like fill in the tier bucket, you know, fully up. Like you could fill an Olympic sized pool of tears with that movie. And then like a zero is like, a, oh, didn't, you know, dry. You needed eye yeah. drops to watch that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but man, like, and like with that billboard scene, you know, like you have the people that are walking up and you're like, like, oh, are they going to. Do you know? Are be... they gonna mug him? Or are they? You know, is this gonna be violent? Whatever. But then, like, you know, he's just standing there. Like, he, I think that was definitely a line, part like, of the can't point. Be afraid of your own yeah. or something like that. Like, you know, like it was like he was making the point. Like, he tells them that before that happens. Hmm. You know, and then everyone approaches, and he doesn't hesitate. He's 
He's just like, everything is going to be fine because we're going to handle it like things are well, fine. Like, because yeah. like, nothing's wrong. Nothing yeah. is inherently wrong with the situation here. Nothing needs to go wrong. Mm-hmm. So why why are we projecting that onto the situation at all? Right. Mm-hmm. He, he's like a he's he's an example of the way in which. Um, yeah, he, he's he's an example of the way in which you command respect through your, uh, I don't know, just like by by displaying yourself in a certain way, in a in a way that is, you know, not outwardly aggressive, outwardly suspicious. I guess is uh, because you know he's just he goes up there, he looks like a professor or something, you know. Yeah, he's he's, he's lecturing, you know. Right, and and they see that and they understand that he's not he's not someone who is threatening he is not someone who is is dangerous or trying to be at all there's no reason for them to be skeptical of him and that's like a certain position because doughboy can't doesn't can't you know exude that same nature but Mm. doughboy has a very different background you know yeah but and i think that's kind of what they realize when cuba getting junior gets out of the car you know like it's like they were riding around for hours and eventually he's just kind of like, I, you know, I'm not cut out for this shit. And he, he's, he's crying in the car, you know, he, he's, he's deeply sad and he's like, this isn't where I should be right now. Right. And Doughboy understood that too. (laughs) And that was one of the best things about that scene is that Doughboy was like, no questions asked. I like, yeah, like, yeah. (laughs) That that tracks like I I expected this at some point probably, uh, and I that whole sequence when Lawrence Fishburne is stopping him from leaving, sends him to his room. He sneaks out and then goes ahead and hops in the car and then realizes like, like his dad's words got to him. You know, like he was like, yeah. He's yeah, absolutely. He's he is undeniably right, and that's like, and that's the thing is like when when you rationally think about things, and you're like, "Fuck." Mm. He couldn't even speak a word to him when he came back either. Mm-mm. You know, like he did the right thing by getting out. You know, but like he still fucked up for going in the first place. Which no, is yeah, like, and that's right. the thing. That, is that he's he so like, disappointed in himself that he's like, I can't even begin to defend myself. Like. uh uh, and and Lawrence Fishburne doesn't doesn't say anything to him mm-hmm. either because he's like, I am so fucking glad you're here, but don't ever do that shit again. Yeah, you know, exactly. like he's still pissed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm I, I'm so glad that you were here and nothing happened there with you involved. <laughs> hmm. But fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, they 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 said all of that by saying nothing, like literally by nothing. by saying nothing. Mm. man it was so well written yeah i uh i don't know i did not expect a i don't know i just definitely did not expect this i uh just all i knew going into this movie that it was a movie with ice cube and and uh morbius from uh the matrix so i'm like okay these are just two people that i like that are just cool that i love that are in this movie it's gonna be great and uh, man, was I strapped in for a roller coaster? It's a ride. Uh, it's a, it's it, literally it's, a ride. It is quite the ride. And uh, I mean, how about the fact that the last time Doughboy interacts with Ricky, they have a fist fight? 
Like that's damn. That's rough. That's rough for Doughboy. Honestly, there's certainly a degree of that that plays into his decision later on, like the hmm. guilt, the guilt he must feel and stuff. As soon as I saw him, uh, Ricky sitting on the couch in the white shirt, I was just like, ah. Oh. I was like, fuck. As soon as the white shirt popped up, yeah. I was like, it's almost fucking time. I know. Like, god damn it. You're just like, damn, you guys god, knew and then that. She opens, couch. Yeah, he opens like, the oh. test results, and the man got a 710. He would have been going to USC for football. They didn't have to do that, man. I was already in shambles, and then they show that, and I was like, I paused it to make sure because I didn't get it the first time. I'm like, wait a minute. No way he got 700. I rewind and then I see 710. I was like, oh, fuck. And I did like, it was just like, oh, damn it, man. And then, oh, like, jeez, It just, that last sequence was just it after it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. It's crazy. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Ice Cube, Doughboy was. He just he said it he said it perfectly. He said I feel like they punched the wrong clock and it's just like you know Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the consequences of the and then structural position. The text on screen, you know, at the after the end, and then all of those events that happen. You're just he like, died two weeks later. Oh my god. Like uh. And like the and there was also a line right before that that I was like, as soon as that pops up, it's like a whole other meaning. Uh, where Cuba Gooding's talking to Ice Cube, and he goes, "You still got one brother left," mm-hmm. and he is the one brother left at the end of this movie. Yeah, um, which is like, God damn, dude, like that sucks. And you know, it to draw to draw through this. This is also ultimately a coming of age film yeah. based around Cuba Gooding's character. Oh yeah. Um, and to call back to almost 20 years ago in terms of the years we're, we're covering here, 1973's American Graffiti, where they pop up on the screen at the end as to, like, what their options were. Like, this guy went on to go to college and do this. This guy stayed home and became an insurance agent here. Uh, this guy died. And, like, this is the this is the complete other version of that where it was like, you knew the options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you knew the out. options. That was shit. this based on a true story? Yeah. Like I, I mean, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, I know well, the general I mean, like, story. Generally, yes, yeah. but like, <laughs> you know, was there like I don't know, like I don't, I don't think specifically it's based okay. on anything. no. Um, yeah, I don't know because I, like the the conversation we had at with American Graffiti is like, well, you know, um, it makes you think that it's based on a true story like when those text cards come up at the end it's like oh like oh this really happened so like the real person that this actor was portraying this stuff is happening to like that's what i thought at the end of american graffiti i'm like wait a minute was this based on a true story you know blah 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 and then like it's weird whenever it's just fiction you know like no, with yeah, american, they're just like yeah it's like fiction but real it's just fiction of reality so it's like it's really non-fiction you know it's it's like really a true i don't it's, like true, it's just a not. real story yeah. like you know yeah. what i'm saying like it, it's just a real ass story and mm-hmm. usually when those when those come up at the end there are times where it's like okay i'm watching a really bad movie and they're just popping the text bubbles this guy went on to do this this guy went on to do this mm-hmm. uh and then there are other times where it's like massively effective mm-hmm. like like it was here where right. he's like doughboy doughboy got shot and killed two weeks later uh like it just immediately, the way he like fades out of 
out of the view as he's walking away too. And they make it, they make it like weirdly seem like he noticed that. Like he did, like he did, like he didn't obviously, yeah. but like the camera trick and the way they portray it makes it seem like Cuba Gooding like sees that happen, yeah. which is just devastating too. Um, I think I let it out like an audible, like just fuck when it said yeah. he died, you know, two weeks later, I was just like, fuck. I was just like, really? Like, like, uh, I don't know how many times I was like just taken back and just be like oh my god this is all terrible and then i remember one shoulder bump you know that like that's what this all stemmed from one little and just trying to be tough and that's it you know like mm-hmm. man that's well it's, it's like when you live in a when you live in a system that feels like it can take your life for any little thing that's you you want that power and that's what it that's what it's kind of showing is that you know, the same way that that black cop pulls over Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character and holds the gun to him. And it's like, I'll, I'll kill you just because you're the black motherfucker I ran into tonight. Is like, that's like the position that everyone, you know, they, 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 they want that. That's their way out, mm-hmm. you know. It's, yeah, that cop even said, like, I took this position because of this. He says, right. I like this, like, the power I have over you. Like, I, they blatantly said And I think said, that was speaking and, like, to yeah, a general, like... <laughs> obvious uh, problem within our police, which has been addressed <laughs> time and time again uh, over, over, know, 30, was, over the past 30 years yeah, and more. Yep, 1991. I was, I was thinking about that cop a lot, though, when I was watching it this time because I didn't really remember those scenes and I was thinking about why they were in there because it seemed like they were almost supposed to be demonstrative of some larger point. Um, because the police are a very peripheral entity in this movie. Like they're not, really... which is really interesting too. Like yeah. they're not, they're not the problem mm-hmm. uh, necessarily, not the antagonist. Yeah. They you, are a problem, but hear, they're not the hear... antagonist. You continually hear the the helicopters flying overhead. You see the lights. You see them notice like they are they are just out. They're this force that's kind of they're an occupying force. Yeah, even in Trey's fantasy sex that he's not had, right? He still has a helicopter coming in through the window. Like the lights was shown in his fantasy. Like that's just like 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 I. It's such a small detail to notice, but like it was just something else that just got like got me to be like, oh my god, like this is just so shitty. Like even in this guy's fantasy, where he is at, you know, every dude's, you know, like even at that tippy top of fantasy, you have a helicopter spotlight coming through the window. You know, like come, like that's just, yeah, like what what a detail to put in there. Like what a detail. No, yeah, but that that whole scene where he's voice he's doing the voiceover for the whole thing, and there he's he's talking through the interaction. I'm like, cap, <laughs> cap. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it got to a point where it was like, this is this isn't real. This, this isn't true. Yeah, no, yeah. Like... Uh, <laughs> and I I love the way that like they portray the father son relationship here between Lawrence Fishburne and uh, and Cuba Gooding, especially for a father and son who are so close in age like yeah. 17 years like i mean it's a it's a it's a considerable difference but it's a lot different than if your dad's 30 when you're born right. you know what i'm saying like a 30 year age difference is a lot bigger than 17 so like the way they relate as he's like cutting his hair and stuff and just like talk to each other mm-hmm. like 
like with a balance of like a friend, like a friendship thing that you feel more, uh, along with the fatherhood thing. But like he gets in his face, he's like, "You had you some pussy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's asking him like normal questions, you know. He's answering, "Yep, yep, yep, whatever." And he's like, "And, and this is his way of trying to parent." <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, teaches him a valuable lesson there. You know, he's like, "What I tell you, you know." Even even in his fantasy sex, he's like, "Not what I tell you, son. You got it. You always got to use something." Even if she's telling you, she's always got to wrap like, it up. Even if she's on the pill. And like these these were the messages that I I think stuck with me from when I was young when I was young and watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Safe sex. Uh-huh. G- got it. Because, I mean, like, my parents also had me relatively young. Uh, not intentionally either. But, uh, like, I, so I was like, I'll be fucking damned if I let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, One of uh, the quotes, and I'm curious if this is the origin, is, like, this is an A-B conversation so you can see your way out of it. Like, uh, <laughs> I heard that, and I'm like, no, is this where this stemmed from? Like, I don't uh, think it's where it stemmed from. Uh, I'd be willing to bet this is just a another part of it. Here, let me see if I can I'm find the origin here. And... Wait, the origin of what? Like the... This is an A-B conversation. You can see your way out of Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. <laughs> And then he was like, like, yeah, you could, you could see your way out of my ride. You could see your crippled ass walking all the way home. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah, it's not the origin probably because they, they, he played on the joke. Uh Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like I think it's, I think it's definitely an established thing. He's just saying it. Uh, (laughs) But no, that, that was another fun part of this movie is the, like, you got that essence of them just, just hanging out. Like, yeah. And, I really, really love I love shit like that where it's like it's just people together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In mundane situations, sometimes not so mundane. Mm-hmm. Uh and just the realness of it and the the whole like what purpose do you think the misogyny streak served? What do you mean? Like like the do do you think there's any purpose to like Regina King's character like oh. taking like taking offense to uh being called a bitch and a hoe but then like not like there's no, there's nothing bigger there going on like she's just like they just like kind of point out like don't say that and then that's like it yeah, yeah um, I mean Dobo is just he just straight up was like cuz that's what you are and then like they ended it like kind of there like it was just like yeah. Well, I, okay. I, like, I think that is probably John Singleton trying to put us in the shoes of this culture in, a, in a, once again, a very real way. And it's a misogynistic culture at, at base. Um, and he doesn't really, you know, John Singleton is kind of at fault maybe for some of that portrayal as, as well. But I mean, it was 1991. There is certainly a degree of realism here, obviously, too. I mean, uh, misogyny is very real and happens in this very way quite quite frequently like yeah. i knew i knew i knew guys who called called women bitches and hoes like i mean i guess i mean if if they're telling the true story you know like of how it is like this is just how it is you know this like this is real and it's i mean they're they're not going to shy away from showing you the blood and the gore they're not going to shy away from showing you the you know harsh reality of of just human interaction too so right 
I mean, yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's kind of the only time in the movie where I guess they address it head on, you know, um, which I, I guess is, is def. I mean, it was put in there on purpose, you know, they wouldn't have just thrown it in there for like the joke, you know, it right. wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a, a joking moment. Um, so yeah, I guess, and it is 91 still. So, I mean, people are still dicks and holy you know, shit. Uh, John Singleton went to he went to community college after high school. Then he went to the U, uh, USC, graduated in from USC in 1990. Damn! Oh, so he's like 20, 23. Graduated and then bam! He graduated like in released a movie the next year. That's I wonder how long this movie took to film. Like if he started filming like just right away, that's kind of insane. And he mm-hmm. got Ice Cube like right out of college. Dude's just like. Having all these huge, like this was, I think this was one of Ice Cube's earlier voyages into acting. It was, Uh, yeah. It might, it could be his first. I think it is his first. If I'm not Uh, mistaken, I think he was definitely still a part of NWA at this time. Yeah. Uh, Yes, this is his first role in a movie. Wow. Um, So this was Ice Cube's first foray into the the superstar he'd become. there was a time where I only knew him as the guy from Are We There Yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daddy Daycare Which and shit. Um, so I guess uh, John Singleton, he he produced some stuff before this. Or actually, no, he didn't. Never mind. Yeah, this was like, yeah, this was his first. This is his first thing like on IMDb. There's nothing older than uh, than Boys in the Hood for him. That's yeah. That's crazy. He was, he was, it says he was twenty four. He he. Oh, actually, he's the mailman. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he was the mailman, huh? That's funny. Um. That, that's, damn, he died at fifty one. That's yeah. that's sad. He he did win a he won a New York New York Film Critics Circle Award for best first film and MTV Movie Award. I mean, for best shit. Yeah, this is one hell of a first film. Like this right. is that is crazy, man. Yeah, and apparently he was a big fan of a uh, big fan of Star Wars as well, and Steven Spielberg. Oh, interesting. Such those uh, his big influences, which I could see that archetypical storytelling of yeah. Uh, no, nah, yeah, th- I th- I think this is a bit more complex than Star Wars in uh, in, ma- in many right. ways. Uh, right. Obviously, more real, which is what well, probably makes it more complex. And if you look at his discography. Or discography. <laughs> his, discography. <laughs> the movies, his filmography, that's what it's called. Uh, Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, Rosewood, all in the 90s. Um, I haven't seen Rosewood or Higher Learning, but obviously I've heard a lot of good things about Higher Learning. Then he did Shaft, Baby Boy, Too Fast, Too Furious, Four Brothers, and then a movie called Abduction. I don't know what that movie is. Oh, yeah, he, oh had... he did abduction with fucking. I do know this movie. <laughs> he did abduction. Taylor Lautner, you know this movie. Oh shit! Yeah, that was directed his... episodes of Snowfall and Empire, and that was his last movie director credit. Though that's wild. That's that's kind of tragic. <laughs> that is kind. That is kind abduction of tragic. is not a great movie. <laughs> hey, but he went out on a roll with some television though. Empire. He did. Billions snowfall that's strong, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but uh, nevertheless, this movie was like oh, I can't believe this is a directorial debut. Uh, yeah. you know, 
getting a directorial debut, putting the, you know, national, like, the Congress Library for fucking film, whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, it's in there? Yeah. Well. Hmm. Damn, I didn't know they, like, the Library of Congress did that. Yeah. Um, hmm. I guess it makes sense. Boys in the Hood, Library of Congress. Uh, I think Star Wars Return of the Jedi was added like this year. Like there's like, like they still make additions to that and stuff. So yeah. stop the yeah. Like people got to realize Return of the Jedi is like the goaded movie out of the original <laughs> uh-huh. trilogy. It is the one. Like it's true. It's true. Um, but uh, now yeah, Boys in the Hood and the Library of Congress. That's like and it is an intensely American movie. Mm. Um, like this is a a. Like I'm shocked the Library of Congress was like willing to acknowledge its realness. Uh <laughs> I guess at one point you just can't deny it, you know. <laughs> you just, it's right you there. Simply can't. America um, saw it. America saw that movie, you know. And a lot of people probably were like, Damn, that's true, but I'm gonna go back to my mm-hmm. life exactly the way I did before, you know. Like that's yeah. probably how it was in ninety one, which is sad, but no, yeah, and I mean, like, I'm trying to think of how this coincides with, like, uh, Ice Cube's rap career, because, I mean, Straight Outta Compton came out in 1988, so he's been famous, famous for a couple years mm-hmm. at this point. Um, let's see when well, he went it's, solo. It's weird, to, it's weird to think about this movie alongside a movie like, um, uh, God, what was it called? What's it called, Compton, the NWA movie? Oh yes, uh, straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. Um, yeah, think, thinking about this movie alongside a movie like Straight Out of Compton is wild because that that just sort of enhances a lot of what is a lot of what is kind of the the historical period that the ideas for Boys in the Hood is coming out of. Yes, yes, and uh, I mean. Ice Cube's Ice Cube's career at this point, he's going solo. He's going. He's he's breaking out to become a solo star at this point. It's like a couple months after this movie's released that No Vaseline comes out. His his diss track against all the members of NWA. <laughs> um. So like he's he, like that's what's awesome too is he was also writing like I think in Straight Outta Compton you see like a little bit after this he starts writing Friday, mm-hmm. and like uh, like he's this is just like a really big turning point for ice cubes career right here in boys in the hood, which is really, really cool uh, because he's now he's got like the fucking big three basketball league that airs on ESPN and shit. And he's got billions of dollars, like millions. He's uh, just known as a guru. He's like 50 cent. Like (laughs) he's like the original 50 cent, honestly, 50 for real. He's not like 50 cent. 50 cent is like him. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true. <laughs> Have you just seen any videos of, of Fifty Cent, like just 50 like Cent's saying goofy, wild dude. shit? Like, just no. Nah, that man is like he's he's reached that uncancelable level. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's just kind of like he's untouchable. Like, he just doesn't care. Like he fucking, <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it was like oh when uh when all the Takashi Six Nine shit was going down and. <laughs> Uh, Fifty Cent like side like sided with I don't know what the fuck happened. He was endorsing Takashi Six Nine though amidst yeah. everything, and Takashi Six Nine was beefing with his son, and so he like 
that him that and his son. I was, I was about to ask if that was like coinciding media. with his son, his son's thing. Uh, yeah, his son like dissed him on social media, and then he dissed him back. It was. I was like, this God is, damn! This guy's a cartoon. Now, nah, Fifty character. Cent, he's he's a character for sure. Uh, but nah, this this movie uh was was special, and I think our uh, our rating scale will reflect such things. Uh, you, th- you guys think we're ready for that part? I think, so. I think I'm ready. Yeah. Guess. I'm All right. Ready. So as far as enjoyment mm-hmm. is concerned, yeah, this uh, is a. Obviously, it's in the same category as like a like a Dead Poets, where we're not going yeah. off strict enjoyment, um, right, here, right. you know, of how happy we felt during this. But, but uh, I mean, I don't even know. Though. It's just still kind of like I'm like, I mean, I it's not fun to watch. It's like not it's it's fun it's, to watch. No, and I that that must be considered. I will say it was still such a good movie that I'm very glad I watched it, and I think that's kind of where I have to like base my enjoyment is like right. how glad am I that I've watched this uh, to a degree along with the the obvious like it's just not fun to watch uh, I'm almost like I understand what you're saying and, and I tend to agree but I'm almost thinking too of like that like you you aren't always going to be glad you watched that after the ordeal like i can totally understand that perspective as well which true true I no, yeah like it yeah that's that's for sure too and ultimately where i i i land with this is it's definitely in the fours there's there's no doubt about that yeah, uh I agree. it's like i'm i'm willing to go around 4.5 uh 4.25 to 4.5 even even as high as like four point seven five if if y'all are there, but uh, yeah, I can't. It's, it's definitely in that range. I mean, I was at four point five before uh, before you said anything, and I was I was gonna say like four point five would be like the floor um, for uh, for my enjoyment here. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm comfortable with with anything higher than four point five. Um, yeah, I'm good with four point five. All right, I'm comfortable with that. Sick. Oh, as a genre, um, is this just uh, drama, or what would this? I, I mean, on it's it's largest genre is drama for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. like what 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 genre were we considering? Poetic or not poetic? I think poetic, drama as well. Said. I mean, because yeah. on IMDb it said comedy as well, but we were like, yeah, this is not boys, just boys like in the hood, or oh, uh, mm-hmm. Dead Poet Society was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like a crime drama, like yeah. So I mean, yeah. drama and uh, coming of age, dra- like drama coming, like it's it's a lo- it's it's kind of age. genre bending a little bit. Uh, but drama is definitely a good place to. I to, I, to... I just go so- like I I think it's a solid five in terms of what it does as a drama. Like it it is it is it's dramatic. Like it is it is dramatic and it communicates the coming of age story in a fresh way which is wild because that was 1991 but you still don't get many movies like that it gives and you that's the thing is that it's it sets the d- bar in a way to me is yeah i was yeah. gonna say is this genre defining yeah. in in a way like as a at, like i i read a review for this by like uh by someone who placed it in this genre called a hood a hood drama. Yeah, exactly. And I was gonna. That's what I was thinking. Because even if it, you don't want to call it a hallmark of the uh, uh, 
combined genre of drama and coming of age movies, it is still a, a cornerstone of like black movies. Like mm, in terms exactly. of that genre, like it is, it is. It's five out of five. It's five out of five. And yeah. I think I think that our score should reflect it. Yeah, this is. Uh... I don't know. It seemed genre defining to me as I watched it for the first time. Uh, this was just like it's like I don't know. When when I look back on this movie, I don't think I'm just gonna remember all the bad parts. Like I, I'm gonna remember the cookout and all the silly moments and all like the funny jokes and you know like all, all that stuff too. So like you know like as just the drama, as like the re- like the relationships between the characters, like they did a fa- like a fantastic job, obviously there and uh, like yeah, I I. I am very comfortable putting it five out of five. Like I'm yeah. All right. So that brings us to the film rating then. Mm-hmm. And uh, do we just want to round this month out with uh, <laughs> one last 4.75? Because that's feeling real pretty good to me uh, uh, about, about accurate anyway. Yeah. Like it's, it's really, really well acted, really, really extremely well written. So real. Uh, like the directorial style is simple, but extremely effective. Mm hmm. Like, it's an extremely strong film. Uh, I'm, I'm right there yeah, with like I'm four point seven five. That's what I'm I was kind of thinking before, and I mean that averages the total movie out to a four point seven five, um, which kind of feels right. You know, like, uh, you know, I guess like the previous three movies of the month were all tied at four point nine two, and this is a four point seven five. Uh, other movies that this is around would be The Shining was a 4.77. Um, the Godfather Part 2 was a 4.83. Uh, the Breakfast Club was a 4.67. So this was better than The Breakfast Club uh, by almost like a full like point one. Uh, so that- so if, if we're framing it like that, worse than The Shining, better than The Breakfast Club. Barely worse than the Shining. So zero two worse than the Shining, I what, guess. But what did uh, the sh- what did the Shining get? And um, did Shining got a better enjoyment or enjoyment score? I bet they're both the same enjoyment. Wow. Uh, Four point five uh, is what we gave the Shining as enjoyment too. We probably genre it was bit... a five out of five, and then as a film was a four point eight. So I mean that's the only difference is the film uh... is four point eight, and here we gave it a four point seven five. I haven't actually seen and that's, the Shining, I think that's so, the effectiveness yeah. of the directorial style, I think. Mm. Uh, the yeah. bump that you get because of Stanley Kubrick. And I, I mean, that, that makes sense. Like, of enjoyment, you know, it's a it's a horror movie. It's not one that you strictly enjoy watching. But, like, of the horror aspects, you're like, yeah, that, that did really well. Like, it, it ticked all the, the boxes, whatever. Um, but it was, I think, made better. You know, like, uh, that. that's just the... And I certainly think this bit. is a better yeah. movie than The Breakfast Club. So, like, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm with, I'm with this old, this ultimately. And four point seven five, like, four point seven five out of five. That's, mm-hmm. I guess, that's it's still a nine out of ten, above a nine out of ten. So Aliens like is at a four point seven. So this is point oh five better than Aliens. Um, I'm with that too. So yeah, I'm. This is a yeah. I'm comfortable with this right here. Um, we've got a month average of a four point eight eight, which is the king of the months by far. Uh. Next month is uh, March at a four point four six. So this is Man, the strongest so we, month by a lot too. Not even really close. Four point eight eight out of five stars for a month. That's 
a good fucking month. What what we had? My neighbor Totoro and Dead Poets, Dead Poet Society, and Goodfellas, and this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's a that is a good good fucking month. Uh, but yeah, as you heard here, Boys in the Hood, four point seven five out of five stars here, according to the Penny Bloom Film Scale, uh, and thus concludes May. We're on to on to the next year in the nineties, nineteen ninety two next week, mm-hmm. where we'll uh, we'll discuss Malcolm X starring Dan, uh, Denzel Washington. Mm. Uh, very very excited about that one as well. My favorite actor right there. And the uh, I, I believe in one of our like top ten things that we've done before, Tavares. You placed this relatively high uh, mm. amongst he, your favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I, I think I probably have. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'm interested to kind of rewatch it especially after having done a year of research on malcolm x <laughs> I, I, yeah that'll <laughs> certainly pay off to a higher degree i would imagine yeah uh, or or to a lesser degree you never know you might be like well i don't know that i like the way this was portrayed <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah you right. might know too much actually yeah. <laughs> but I, I hope they would do a good job i mean with with Denzel, like I, I love Denzel, and this is a Denzel movie I haven't seen, so I'm super excited for this one. I've been waiting for this one to come up for quite a while. My um, brother's star. So, so yeah, I love me some Denzel, and I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know how I haven't seen this movie of his, but uh, it's a long one, so buckle in. Mm, I'm ready. Yeah, we got I'm another ready. long one next week, uh, it, it, nearing the three hour mark, if not, yeah, if not there, um, which will be like what we've had godfather godfather 2 uh have we had any others that were like yes. apocalypse now three hours and 22 minutes for oh. uh, malcolm x i think that's our three longest movie far and, and away minutes. is that lo- is that longer than endgame oh, oh yes I'm yeah endgame is three up. hours and two minutes yeah damn endgame is three hours mm-hmm. i just watched endgame again a couple weeks ago it did not feel like three hours it's impeccably it's it's paced very very quickly. Yeah, uh, that's that's for sure. But uh, shit, guys, yeah, I think that concludes it here. Uh, I was Colton Robertson, joined of course by Joseph George. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Always always a pleasure. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you, Tavares Pennington, for being here. Oh yeah, it's a great time. Great time. Great time indeed. I look forward to talking to you both for next week's 1992's Malcolm X. Uh, if you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find well over like 23 hours of exclusive content at this point, updating that all the time now. Tons of little snippets. We just recorded a, a little something on what we've been watching lately before we got into this discussion. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so go check it out over there. Follow on Twitter, at PennyBloomPod, where uh, if the movie is to change week to week, I just said that it'd be 1992's Malcolm X, uh, and it, it will be 1992's Malcolm X, but... Uh, if it were to change, you'd find out on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod. Uh, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Uh, go on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a rate and review only if you felt good about it. Please don't leave bad reviews. That shit hurts my feelings. Um, yeah, so uh, with that, peace, love, and bloom. I'm prophesizing on God, religion, Bitches and all.